bringing you get this an episode of Kyo cinema gosh yeah it's been uh almost a year and a half now so yeah i hope you're ready july of 2022 was the la- now i did like a state of the casey address in like november i think of last year where and i think i said something silly like uh you know we'll you know we'll pick this back up in january um what month is it <laughs> right now november <laughs> november yeah yeah man lots happened since then i yeah. moved it's been crazy yeah, I was a little off with my prediction and promises. So uh, don't, I, I didn't, uh, I will say this, I did not migrate that episode over onto the K, uh, the, uh, the AMP uh, feed. <laughs> I left the state of the Casey address over on the Kyo Cinema feed. It's okay. All three Riddle people die. over there, they'll probably migrate. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> um, or, Me, you, and uh, whoever else was listening. Yeah, I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe I should release a little episode over there just going, hey, uh. We're, we're not updating this thing anymore. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, no, I got something. I'll patch it. It'll be fine. You don't have to worry about it. All right. Sweet. Well, yes, we're, we're back to Kyo Cinema. This is the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super movie coverage podcast. We're in GT. Adam, don't forget and GT. GT. Oh, yeah, God. I, I wish I could. Because <laughs> I, uh, spoiler alerts, I watched ahead for the next movie, um, and it's the GT movie. Whew. Um, hey, if there's I could, only one, so they had to have, you know, gone all out. I'll <laughs> I'll reserve as much of my demeanor towards that movie for our next episode, but some of it is leaking out right now. I can tell. <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, I don't feel like people remember GT in the greatest light either, though. Like, there's a reason I've never sat down and watched it all the way through. I've been meaning to rewatch it lately, so maybe Why? I. I, you know what, I this and maybe this is like a weird, like a, a hot take or whatever, but I liked the beginning in particular of Dragon Ball GT because it recaptured the full-on adventure flavor from Dragon Ball, and I thought that that was pretty well done. That was well done, yeah. Like, how they got there was kind of silly with, like, de-aging Goku and stuff. And then some of the later um sagas or yeah like the baby vegeta stuff there were some good fights and stuff um yeah but yeah yeah, like overall i don't think that it is as good as z is but i don't hate it like a lot of the community does and i've only seen it through fully one time so i don't hate it i just don't think it's polished it could have been a lot better and i think super does it better like because the beginning of super has a lot of that same adventurous narrative too especially if you're following like goten and trunks there they have some fun little adventures and things so yeah that's true but we're here to talk about path to power today which ironically enough our first episode back to kyo cinema is yet again another movie redoing the beginning of dragon ball this is the fifth one we'll be covering yes uh so our first episode of Kyo Cinema was Curse of the Blood Rupees. That was a retelling of the beginning of Dragon Ball. And when, when we say beginning, it's like... Goku the first meets, arc. Yeah, Goku meets... Well, first arc very loosely held. Uh, because, sure. like, this movie covers up to, like, half of Dragon Ball, really skipping over a couple of the middle sagas. It's strange. I'll talk oh, about yeah. it. Yeah, and, like, the things it skips... Like, there's just... It feels like it tried to consolidate all of Dragon Ball into a movie. And it skipped over a lot of the big story beats in my mind. Yeah, so. it did. Um, so Curse of the Blood Rupees was early Dragon Ball. Mystical Adventure was early Dragon Ball. Uh, I haven't skipped one Wind yet. Goku, right? Sun Goku is the first live action Dragon yeah, Ball. Yeah, Fight Sun Goku, Win Sun Goku. The Magic Begins. Uh, and then 
Path to Power. Yeah, this right? one. The one we're carrying now. Yeah. yeah. So the I think I think that's the fifth one. I mean, this is it's a lot. <laughs> a lot of the the same story told over and over again. I've been re-listening to the Kyo Cinema episodes since we migrated them to the AMP feed. And uh, in the last episode that we covered this arc, I said, okay, here are the seven story beats. And I started numbering them as we were moving through. Oh, yeah, this is story beat number two, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you'll see in literally all of these movies. So, uh, yes, Dragon Ball Path to Power was released uh, in Japan, of course, in March 2nd of 1996. And uh, fun little trivia, which we're probably going to front load this episode with trivia because it's, again, we've seen this movie kind of five times now. Um but it was the last animated theatrical release until 2013 uh, with Battle of G- Battle of Gods. Yeah, that's the... Wait, is it mm-hmm. Resurrection F or Battle of Gods first? Battle, Battle of, of Gods. Yeah. Gods, yeah, yeah. So well, f- and not only that, but it was also the um, first digitally animated movie, from my understanding. I thought that I read that it was the last Cell animated movie, which oh, would have see, been I- like hand-drawn. I thought that I had read the opposite, that it was the first of the digital ones. Yeah. But maybe one of us is right. One of us is right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the uh, animating team behind this was uh, those responsible for Dragon Ball GT, because this movie came out within like a month. I can't remember if it was before or after, but within a month of the uh, last episode of GT, these things came out pretty right. pretty close to concurrently. And see, that's why I was thinking it was the first digital one, because Goku in this movie is wearing the same getup from GT, which made me think that they reused uh, assets from the TV show, potentially. I think that it was kind of homage Omaji. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he is. He wears his, like, yellow pants blue shirt. Eventually, he doesn't start the movie in that garb. He ends up changing into it when he goes on the adventure with uh, with Bulma. Yeah, I will say this movie did a really good job with the character outfits. Like Bulma's in a different outfit almost every, probably almost every scene. Really, and almost all of them have her name emblazoned on it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's kind of a fun throwback. Like she always had her name on her outfits. I felt like. Yeah, I, I remember like when we were kids. I don't know. Well, I say we. I don't want to include you in this unless. She, you you did this thing too but i remember having for some reason as if like there was another male in my house my age that i had to differentiate my underwear from his but you would like write your name on the little tag you know in your underwear <laughs> i um, i never had to do that no um yeah, i did yeah. i, I, I mean, did not have another young man in my house so i, I saw that in like that. cartoons and movies i just didn't think people did that for real mm-hmm. yeah huh. happened in the adkins home uh and this movie is also Kind of long. It's 80 minutes long, um, which is the longest of the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball anythings um, that were animated. Now, I think one of the live action movies was dang near two hours Um, (laughs) and it was fun. Whichever one that it it was, it was fun. Honestly, all the live action movies have been fun so far. I know we've got evolution coming up soon, so, you know, I'll hold my my tongue there. But I feel like the other ones we've really liked, we rated them pretty highly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, just in purely for fun like i I, yeah again i went back and started listening to these and there are times where we're like we're giving this a high rating just because it's so darn fun to watch not because it is a good movie yeah you know like the cheese factor is so high that you can't help but just like enjoy it you know yeah and we'll see if uh if we think that this one is fun Uh, there is some like voice actory stuff to go over uh for the most part this this was the last thing that was done uh before the voice actors came in for Kai and Super. So most of those changes took place after this movie. Um, so there are still some hangers on. So like, for instance, Tiffany Vollmer 
is the voice of Bulma, and she goes on to get replaced by Monica Rial. Um, so, like, Tiffany Vollmer, I believe, is the voice that I grew up with as Bulma in Z. Um, and then in Kai and Super, she got replaced by Rial. And so there's a couple of the the changing of hands for some of the characters, but we're not going to go over all of those. For the most part, uh, in large part, a lot of the same characters are voicing the same folks, like Christopher Sabat does Shinron and the Turtle and Yamcha. Um, and we got some of the folks that even voiced uh, some of the androids in previous iterations of this particular movie carried over as well. Like I think Chris Rager does uh, Major Metalatron in one of the other movies, you know, things like that. So it's, it's, there's a little bit of baton passing, but there's still some, some old guards attached to this movie as well. For sure. For sure. What did you have any other trivia for us, Atkins? Uh, I mean, just that this was produced to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of Dragon Ball. Oh, that's kind of neat. The only thing that I, Really found that I thought was kind of neat was the outro for this movie is the intro for GT, and apparently the last time it was used. Oh, sad. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, there there wasn't a whole lot out there for this. Um, You will notice in this movie that Bulma has her purple hair, which is what she apparently originally had in the manga. We all know it to be blue from the anime more than likely, though. Um, Yes. I I don't know when that was changed uh, or ever in the manga. Like, I don't know if there was a statement from Toriyama that was like, Oh, her hair's different now. (laughs) You know, I don't think her hair does change. Like it stays blue. Doesn't it? I think it was purple in the original, like intro, like the first manga. But I mean, that was animated stuff. Oh, in the anime, it's always blue. Yeah. 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 She she somehow got trunks hair color for this movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get into uh, recapping this bad boy so we can eventually get to the job of rating it out of seven stars, as yes. we do on Caillou Cinema. Where, are, we, are we doing the Raddit scale for this? Is there a need? No. I no, 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 no. So. Okay. We, we, <laughs> we ditched the uh, Raddit scale back on Super Android 13 because, the number one, the internet argues the, the later into the movie series you go, the the harder people on the internet are to uh, argue for things and are divided upon numbers for power scales. So we just, we had to abandon that ship. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but holler minutes are still around and I will dispense with and those. At I the appropriate have some time. this time too. I'm excited to compare them. Well, how, how would you take them? You don't have my formula. I don't have your formula, but you know, I, I threw on a, uh, a little uh, timer, a stopwatch when he started screaming when I thought it appropriate and I've got that number. So Okay, well, we will compare those numbers <laughs> later on and see who is more accurate to my holler minute scale. I dig it. Cool. <laughs> well, we go ahead and start this movie off with a nice little like intro from the narrator, and I'm pretty sure it's the same narrator that has been through most of. Is it Chris Sabat that's doing the narration? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, oh, I threw you on the spot there. I didn't even look up. See, that's how I do things. It's I Bryce Armstrong. Bryce Armstrong. Okay. For some reason, I thought Sabat was also the narrator, but either way, he is just kind of introducing the idea of this area that uh, that Goku grew up in and kind of talks about the mountain and how remote it is and everything. And I love the way that this starts off because it's him kind of like fading out and he says, this is the beginning of legend. And it fades into what, you know, is kind of the traditional opening of Dragon Ball, which is Goku fishing with his tail. Uh, but I just, there was something about the opening scene here that I really, really did like actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, we get back to the uh, the the running gag for a long time where the first thing Goku does in several movies is kill a fish. Yeah. Um, and we also see a lot of Goku penis um, in the first like 10 or 15 seconds of this movie. Dude, it's there's like a lot of uh, nudity in general, I would say. Like, I know that that's a part of Dragon Ball, but they amped it up. Like the animation for this movie is incredible. Oh, yeah. Almost to a fault at times. Like there's just <laughs> so many scenes where I'm like, 
but why? Yeah. Like that, like this scene here, it could be totally implied Goku is naked. It did not have to be as drawn adequately as it was, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what the point of it is. Like, guys, we get it. You can draw really well and yeah. anatomically correct. For some Kudos. reason, you can draw child penis really good. Yeah. It's like one of those weird anime things I'm going to say that I'm not always cool with, where it's like, all right, guys, come on. <laughs> well, we don't get too much of it in this movie um, from the Goku side of things, but Bulma is definitely definitely treated oh gosh, yeah. as the, the the object of the male gaze. Um, yeah, there are so many shots where it's just a random body part of hers there for no reason. Like it does not enhance the scene, but her body parts will be there because she's a female, you know. And yeah, and like beyond the story beat, the the typical story beat times where you know she lifts up her skirt to show Roshi. Yeah. presumably her panties you know like right. stuff outside of that that they go they just go out of the way again she's very oh, yeah she, she's the object of the 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 tropey male gaze throughout this mm-hmm. movie in some yeah. strange and ways they amped it up like i don't know how many times they would just animate her getting out of a car and the only thing you see are basically like waist down and that, yeah. it's like that's it and then like there were several shots of yamcha and goku fighting and she's splayed out on the ground there just because yep. like she didn't have to be in the scene so yep. yeah so, someone at this animation studio has got the hots for bulma i guess <laughs> well speaking of bulma she is chasing down a dragon ball signal on her handy dandy dragon radar uh nearly drives into goku in this one she, she stops just short of it uh but we uh, of actually hitting him i mean but um goku of course thinks that the card is a weird talking elephant and yeah. tosses it aside with bulma still in it who quickly uh, climbs out and just shoots him like right in the head. She's yeah, a good shot. She thinks she's being hijacked. So like, why would she not? And you know, she shoots him and then he just pretty much nopes it off. It's just like, what is this ghost magic you're hitting me with? And she, she full on just says, you should be dead. What's yeah. going on? You know? And so she introduces herself as a human because Goku is very convinced that this is a ghost of the elephant thing he just killed. And, um, you know, she's like, or, or Goku says something along the lines of like, you're too curvy to be a human, which of course we get the traditional scene of her introducing herself as a beautiful young lady. And, you know, he's a little boy. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of poking and prodding, uh, around her. Um, and then out of seemingly nowhere, Bulma realizes that this, this, boy that is combing her over and trying to figure out what exactly she is has a tail and so she flips out about that and Goku explains that grandpa said all boys had tails but his fell off because he was old and this Bulma starts I have in my notes that she starts looking for the word gullible spelled out in the clouds because she's like looking up and thinking in her brain about is that really true? Like she gets gaslit yeah. hard by she Kid is. Goku here. Yeah. She's like, you know, I've read a lot of books, but maybe yeah. they were wrong. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. She even questions anatomy textbooks, which is great. Yeah. She just, Goku accidentally, uh, obviously not intentionally, but accidentally gaslights the hell out of Bulma at the beginning right. of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, they, he ends up inviting her back to her pl- or his place to eat some food and eat the fish and everything. And um, she sees the four stall Dragon Ball and obviously gets super excited about it. He explains that that's his grandpa and he's been in the ball ever since he had to go away. And Bulma is stoked. She's found another Dragon Ball. She's showing off the two she already has. And in this movie, one is her uncle's. And then the the most recent one she's found is one that she finally just came across. But I don't, I don't feel like the uncle thing was something that had ever come up before. That kind of felt like a how do we give her the original one? You know what I mean? Yeah, it was weird. She said that she like found it in her attic when she was going through stuff or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, Goku explains that, you know, he's living on his own and he has been for a few years now. And uh, so 
He's he's trying to be nice to her and and sweet, and she's just wanting to get his Dragon Ball. And I think there's like a transition to like the next day potentially here because that there is kind of a weird shot where they're inside and then they're out. And uh, she's trying to get the Dragon Ball off of him, and she's explaining the mythos of the seven Dragon Balls. And uh, obviously, he's just like, "Yeah, no, this is mine. <laughs> like, that's my grandpa. You're not, you're not taking it." And uh, so she explains that she needs it to be able to summon the dragon, so that way she can wish for her perfect man. And she won't actually take it; she just needs to borrow it. Yeah, Bulma's pretty evil in this particular scene, um, but she does. G- Goku ref- refuses to give it to her. Bulma thinks that she can show him Shows a little panty. Yeah. yeah. And insinuates that she'll show even more. Because what she says is not, I'm going to show you panty. She says, I'm going to show you how boys and girls are really different. Which, yeah. there's an implication that it's going to go a little bit further than that. But that's only in the English. In the Japanese, actually, Bulma invites Goku to touch it. Um, meaning her butt, and Goku's just like, I don't want to touch your dirty butt, and just walks <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, I think I like that one a little bit more. Uh, and in this one, I think she's she gets upset that it doesn't work, because she's like, oh, it always works in the romance novels or something, or the, I think she says the plays or something like that. Yeah, I think it might have been romance novels, yeah. She's a little frustrated by that, but she takes a different tact and invites him to come along, framing it as training, uh, and that's that pulls Goku right in. Yep, and uh, then they finally introduce each other, and he gets her name. He thinks it's hilarious, and she's like, oh, it's just a family name. Come on. And so uh, they end up flying away. She, she's got a little capsule that she pops a motorcycle out of, and they take off, and they are on their way. And like immediately, really the first 30 minutes of this movie, I would say, is pretty well done and quick in the sense that they introduce a lot of the main Dragon Ball characters just like wham, bam, right after another because they immediately run into this big bull monster that we know is Oolong. And so he's trying to, you know, get get something off of them and, and we're not quite sure what yet. So Goku introduces himself. He says he's not scared. Then the bull transforms into the ramen robot, threatens Goku. Uh, he's going to turn him into a wonton, he says. And then the robot burns his finger, blames it on Goku. And Goku's all right. Let's fight. And he shows off some power and immediately Oolong is like, ah, nope, no way. And so he he transforms into a bat to fly off, but then his transformation time expires. So he falls to the ground and he then tries to like talk Goku into, you know, getting with Bulma. And that's why he originally wanted to talk to him, I guess, because he saw them from forever away. It's just Oolong stuff, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of pretty funny comedic beats in this particular scene um, that were new, one of which is English exclusive. So um, Oolong exclaims when Goku tosses up the rock and breaks it with his single finger. In the English, Oolong very quietly uh, exclaims, well, wrap me up in a blanket and call me breakfast, which is funny yeah. because he's a pig and right. he's, he's a pig in a blanket. Uh, and then it is it's, it's silly because... You know, he's he's trying to get with Bulma and Goku's confused as to why Oolong would want her at all. And Oolong says, well, she's an answer to a lonely pig's dreams. And he has this like daydream where he's getting motorboated, but not by somebody resembling Bulma at all. Like not in the least. An older female, which to be fair, I'm more okay with than if it had been Bulma. That would have been probably a little too far. Yeah, I agree. But it's there's that disparity between what he's saying and what he's thinking. Sure. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he, I mean, to Oolong, it doesn't really matter what that person, well, I'm pretty sure the pig's got standards. I don't uh, think he does. <laughs> I, th- I think that he would. I think that he would be a little discriminating. Maybe not like overly so, but I mean, think about him and compare him to like Roshi. Roshi in the anime, you know, there was, or maybe it was in Sleeping 
Princess and Devil's Castle, or possibly both, where Goku brings somebody back that is not conventionally pretty. And even Roshi was like, no, this is wrong. So I feel like Oolong would have similar tastes, you know? Yeah. So it couldn't just be anybody, but you could substitute somebody within a certain standard deviation of like uh, body proportions and, and features. And he would, and he would just be fine with that. He's not specifically saying Bulma is, you know, the woman of my dreams. He's just saying, I can get the thing of my dreams from somebody like her. One funny thing too, around the same time that had me kind of cracking up, he's talking about his time transformation limit, I guess. And Goku's just like, well, you should talk to Bulma because, or you, you should talk to Bulma because she turns little things into bikes and just talking about those capsules. Like the capsules are still such a magical thing to him and not just technology, you know? Yeah. And they are, th- this scene in this conflict doesn't even fully resolve. No, be- before they before get interrupted. Yamcha attacks. Yeah. Yamcha yeah. and Poir just blow him up with a rocket and he swoops in and immediately tries to cut Goku's head off. And when he misses, he's got this like stupid line where he's like, I always mean to miss on the first swing. The yeah. second's a home run. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I, up, I do Yamcha. love though, that um, Bulma gets knocked out by like this errant bike tire from her <laughs> yeah. Hoi bike. It just bounces off and just KOs her. We do get a, another gratuitous Bulma panty shot during the, <sighs> yeah. uh, during this attack as well. Yeah. And, um, Oolong actually recognizes Poir during this from shapeshifting school. And apparently Oolong picked on Poir during shapeshifting school. And Poir explains that the only reason he got kicked out was because he turned into lingerie and hid in the teacher's drawers. Yeah, which is a slight deviation. I think previously it, it, it was that he stole panties from his teacher. Something like that. And I never thought about it until I was listening to it this time. Why does... Oolong, in either scenario, stealing his teacher's panties or hiding as panties in his teacher's panty drawer, why does he have access to his teacher's panty drawer? <laughs> I, I, yeah, like he had to have been stalking the teacher, right? Yeah, or or they're in some weird like uh, like boarding live-in school. school, like boarding school kind of situation. Yeah, that would seem strange, but I mean, man, I don't know. It's not it's not outside of the realm of possibility. I get the feeling he's just a creep. He probably followed her home or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see it either way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Yamcha knows that these uh, this group of individuals have some capsules, and he just wants the capsules. And Goku has no idea what these capsules are, so he straight up isn't lying when he's like, "We don't have capsules. What are you talking about?" Yamcha's like, "No, I know you do," and then he just immediately attacks full-on wolf fang fist and he hits goku and in my notes i had this and i was i meant to look it up and i didn't get a moment to but i was thinking this might be the only time goku ever gets hit by wolf fang fist after this moment i don't know that yamcha ever gets another hit in on goku i so in previous movies he does successfully use the wolf fang fist but i do seem to vaguely recall that at some point he shouts wolf fang fist and then kicks Goku instead, <laughs> or maybe that's what he does. Like in one of the tournaments, like he shouts Wolf Fang Fist and ends up kicking somebody, is which isn't a terrible yeah. like battle strategy. It's like that scene from um, Major Pain. Have you seen that movie? No, I've not. So, oh, it's great. Highly recommended. Um, and there's a scene where this the the kids at this uh, this military school pay this biker guy to come and threaten their teacher that they didn't like. Who's this ex military dude? And uh, the biker walks up and he's in this teacher's face and he's like making these death threats and major Payne just says, you know what? In just a second, I'm going to take this foot and I'm going to stick it right there on the, you know, between your eyes. And he starts moving his feet back and forth. And then he ends up just sucker punching the guy because <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy looking at his feet. That's great. Oh man. The, the tactic of deception. 
trite, totally, totally legit strategy. Um, and the Wolfgang Fist might be, this might be its best illustration for sure. Oh man, this movie, like I said earlier, it is so well done. Like it really, the graphics for it, whatever you want, the art, whatever you want to call it, is is top notch. Like to a fault, it is too good at times. Yeah, he the the attack sends uh, Goku through several of these like giant concrete mushrooms. They're in this like concrete mushroom jungle. Um, and he uses the power pole to kind of get back into the combat. Uh, of course, Bulma wakes up, and in my notes, I have she performs Wolf Fang Fist Interruptus uh, because <laughs> Yamcha is just like, all right, I'll do it again, I guess. And uh, as he's like halfway through shouting the name of the move, because it wouldn't work otherwise, of course, right? Uh, he, he notices that there's a pretty girl on the side. And so uh, he turns as rigid as a board and must be uh, put onto a bike and escorted out of the scene or off of the scene by Puar. I love the way he does it too, because he's like, Wolf Fang, oh my gosh, a girl. <laughs> and yeah. pretty much immediately passes out. And they're wondering, I can't remember who says this, maybe Bulma's just like, who was that guy? And Oolong says, just the guy who tried to barbecue us, which is another it's an okay pig joke. Yeah. There's several of those in this movie for sure. Well, we transition into a scene of the three of them looking for dragon balls in a flower field. And Oolong is at this point where he doesn't want to help anymore and he's ready to leave. But Bulma's <laughs> like, yeah, well I'm getting pretty hot. So I'm probably not going to sleep with my clothes on. And so Oolong stays and Goku finds the dragon ball and they transition into a snowy scene where they're now like up in the mountains. It seems like, and Goku loves it. He thinks the snow is the coolest. It's probably the first time he's ever seen it. Bulma and everyone else hates it. Uh, but we do see that there is a red army. We do see that there's a red ribbon army general with the seven star ball. And he's super excited because he finally found one. And we now know that they are trying to collect the dragon balls as well. And the red ribbon army, or at least this general in particular actually ends up seeing the Goku and team, like as they are approaching this particular, um, is it, I can't remember what the name of the tower it's muscle is. Muscle tower. Muscle tower. Yeah. So they, they know that they're there and they immediately just sick all of the, I'm going to call it the army on them. They start just shooting off at Oolong, and Oolong totally crashes the, the RV that they're in. Bulma just gets up on top of the RV and starts chewing them out. She's like, what do you think you're doing? And I, I was thinking the same time, like, what do you think you're doing? Like, these guys are shooting at you, and you just put yourself <laughs> in the middle like a huge target here. <laughs> yeah, she takes odd umbrance here. Um, but it, we are keyed into the fact that the Red Ribbon Army apparently has a way of tracking the Dragon Balls themselves. Right. Because he knows that they have some. Yes. I mean, he explicitly asks them to turn over their Dragon Balls. And it also explains how he found the one that he has. Uh, and so he does identify himself and all the uh, white-clad army men around him as the Red Ribbon Army. And uh, he, again, he just asked for the Dragon Balls. And Bulma, Bulma Bulmas, I mean, she, she definitely has a mouth on her sometimes. So she says that she'd rather be pumped full of lead and the army attempts to oblige yeah again what are you doing like they have no problem killing you they literally just shot at you so yeah that like like you said she has no problem just running her mouth on this one and um after she says this she pretty much just six goku on them and she yeah. says like hey look this is great training go go give it a shot see see what happens i love that he so goku goes in and just starts casually kicking the army's ass yeah and <laughs> in my notes i have that he's a quick learner when it comes to guns because he got shot by the one the first time he'd ever seen a gun shot in the forehead and that one shot was enough to him go you know what 
I'm going to avoid those from now on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So he does a like, good job. He takes them out, man. And to the point where they like close off their base. And then instead of knocking down the doors, he just scales the wall. <laughs> yep. Just runs up the side, uh, runs into Major Metallotron. Yep. Um, who's who's still... basically Ronnie Coleman in this. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. So I, I went back and did some comparing of like uh, some of the some of the presentations of uh, like the differences in character appearances between this and the, uh, the original anime and oh, they're very uh, different. manga M- major Metaltron's not too, too different, but uh, commander black is. Yeah. Cause he's, isn't he Russian? Uh, I mean, no, no, this is like the aid to commander red. Uh, that ends up being like the final boss at the yeah. end. If you go and you look at him in the anime, it's like pretty racist. Uh, okay, like I'm thinking of someone dark. else. Because one of the other generals, maybe it's white, is in, in the anime or the manga, he's like a tall Russian guy. And in this, he was just like a short redheaded dude or something. Yeah, the short headed guy, redheaded guy is Commander Red. Uh, but anyway, to getting back to... So Black undergoes a, an aesthetic overhaul that makes him l- less racist-y. Um, Kind of like, you know, how they changed the color on Popo. They yes, redid yeah. commit they they redid black. Well they yes. had to have. I mean, it was not yeah. gonna be okay otherwise. Yeah. But but Metallotron <laughs> still has some of those lingering Well Metallotron is black in this and he's white in the original anime. Is he? Yeah, he's white with like red hair. I'm looking this up now. But in this movie, we've seen he's him black. in a couple Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They've definitely changed a handful of these guys around. Uh, yeah. so Oh, good catch. And we've seen him in other movies because he mm-hmm. fought Bora in um, one of the movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Bora is like totally taken out of this movie. He's not even a story beat at all. Oh, bro. So I guess this is a fine place to interject this comment. <laughs> so this this gets all, all the way up through where um, Goku ends up fighting Black in the the like battle suit, the mech suit. This, this That runs through like episode 60 something of the anime like it's like dragon ball original had like 130 something episodes so over halfway through oh yeah but they skip they skip over a bunch so we get um we've literally skipped over the entire pilaf saga and the first tenkaichi budokai not the entire uh pilaf saga because that's where we get bulma and yamcha and sure but i mean the pilaf parts we've totally skipped over yeah nothing in the tournament saga makes the cut um, the bits and pieces of the Red Ribbon Army saga does, but General Blue has his own like arc in this that's, I don't know, 10 or 12 episodes long, and he's relegated to like a scene or like two scenes in this. And then you get into the Commander Red stuff, which is the the big assault with like Aider and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No mercenary, Tau. Um, which is no... kind of a bummer because Tau is really cool. Yeah. And he's a recurring character. Like he comes back later. Yeah, no, no Ninja Murasaki. I mean, they, they skip over a good bit. So, I mean, it, previously we said, yeah, they took like the first 12 episodes and condensed it into a movie. Here they pick and chose from like 60-something episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and made it work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, Goku does run into Major Metalltron. Um, he does paper, scissors, rock, and just pops Major Metalltron's head off. Um, and Goku is shocked by this. I think it's less by the fact that he decapitated this thing and more by the fact that he was electronic to begin with, that he was a robot. Man, you got to think from Goku's perspective at this point, the world is a confusing as hell place. Like, 
you go years without seeing anybody, and then all of a sudden, a female, which you'd never even seen before, shows up in a car that you thought was an elephant, and then a couple days later, you kill a man, and he was actually a robot. <laughs> yeah. All the while, you're traveling with a pig that can transform into things? Like, what is happening? I can't imagine, you know? <laughs> he takes it all in pretty pretty good stride. He yeah. is um, very awe-stricken by snow and i thought that that was a really funny touch in this movie where he's like sitting on top of the vehicle with the like the sunroof equivalent open just basking in this fluffy white cold stuff yep. and balma's down there shivering because yeah. she's like it's it's freaking snow come in here because i'm freezing you know? yeah yeah and he ends up making snowmen later on it's just really he's they they do the thing that i like with kid goku which is just let him be a freaking kid let him be like a they, kid yeah, just let, let him, him be experience a really things like a child might. Powerful kid, <laughs> like a super yeah. powerful kid. Yeah, I like that part too. I love this next scene too because there's uh, is it White that is I think it's General White that is at the top of the tower and he's ordering like the rest of the troops to basically converge on Goku. And yeah. as he's making this order, Goku just like busts up through the bottom of the floor. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's he's six all these drones like pretty much the rest of the fighting force. On Goku, he just erupts through the floor through a giant pile of drone bodies, uh, and is and is ready to have a fight. Yeah, and uh, and then we like cut over to Yamcha and Poir, who are kind of catching up to the party. They're freezing, so they go warm up in a bear cave. And Oolong and and Bulma are off to the side, and Oolong's just trying to convince her to cuddle. Uh, yeah, and that's and then because we transfer in hypothermia of OBS. What was really funny was I had to watch that scene like two or three times the first time I took my notes because I definitely did not hear the word cuddle. I thought it was oh. much more uh, vulgar than that. And I was like, there is no freaking way. Because at first I was like, <laughs> maybe. I mean, they've shown enough of Bulma that I wouldn't be surprised if they, <laughs> no. they had him say something really bad. But they do have some lines drawn <laughs> uh, when it comes to appropriate content in here. Uh, only barely. <laughs> Why? White uh, does some uh, initial Goku evading just to get up um, to activate their newest and most advanced battle droid, Android 8. Um, and I had to look this up. So I had in my notes initially look up whether Android 8 was ever human like Lapis and Lazuli, who we know is uh, 18, 17 and 18. Mm -hmm. um, but it turns out he was always and only ever an entirely artificial construct. Just so a in robot. the. It, yeah, in the anime filler, it said that uh, Eight was a human-type Earthling who died and was resurrected as a human-based modeled uh, android. But uh, eventually, Daisenshu Seven just corrects it and makes it that he was just entirely artificial. I think, which makes sense. He does have a Frankenstein kind of look to him. See, that's why I thought that maybe he had been pieced together. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's just, you know, maybe they were just running low on whatever their skin equivalent is. And, you know, they had to kind of pat patchwork his, uh, you know, his the, the organic-y looking material that cover over his exoskeleton or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, this, they, they get into a fight, Goku and 8 do, in this movie. And it's great. Like, Android 8 is destroying Goku. He nearly kills him. Uh, they never do fight in the anime, though. So this is like the first time we ever see these two scrapping. Yeah, and it's a badass fight, too. Like, it's I thought this was really well done. In fact, he's got a really cool power move where, like, Goku's standing in front of him, and he kind of, I'm going to say Astro Boys it, where, like, he, he has blasters coming out of his feet and his hands, and he just, like, skyrockets at Goku. I thought it was super uh, cool. I'm going to I'm going to correct you there. Oh, yeah, I don't I do not think that he has um, any kind of propellant coming out of his hands or feet. I think he was blue flaming it like it was like straight up like he had lit 
lit a fart and was launching like it might have been what he was doing propelled by his butt cheeks forward i'm okay uh, with it it was cool <laughs> yeah rewatch it and see if you don't see that it even happens later on when well, he's fighting i actually uh, black do, in the big suit i have it in my notes uh he does this really cool attack where he jettisons himself from his coattails yeah so I it's, yeah it's, it's, i think it's you're like right a, yeah it's like a blue flame joke maybe. yeah yeah and he's he doesn't he loses his iris and pupils when they're fighting, which is always uh, I I like that aesthetic choice in Dragon Ball when it happens. Dragon Ball does it in this really well. I say Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, and I guess to some extent Super, but they do this really cool thing where white eyes translates to I'm not making choices, I'm just doing. And then when the character typically kind of comes to their senses or decides to assess the situation instead of just reacting the eyes return back to normal and i think that's yes. a really cool indicator that i really like they do it pretty well often yeah so here he doesn't have pupils all the way i mean he is tra- i mean absolutely stomping goku and he ends up getting him in a uh, like a, a single-handed choke and is going to kill put him. him unconscious oh, yeah. if not kill him um but then his pupils return which indicates you know he's he's got a return to reason maybe and he just tells general white that he can't and he even apologizes he's so He's so sweet here. He he apologized to General White for being a waste of money. Um, and then White, of course, uh, as most of the androids throughout Dragon Ball and uh, Dragon Ball Z canon, they thought ahead um, for this particular contingency. And so uh, they have implanted a bomb inside of Eight, and he threatens to blow up the bomb, which would kill Eight and Goku. Um, and he gives them the choice, like, your life or his, which isn't really the deal or the dilemma, because... Either way, one or both of them is going to die. Well, and I love, too, that, like, General Wright is just, he says something like, Red Ribbon Army invested millions to develop a tree hugger. Yeah. <laughs> He's so frustrated by that. <laughs> so Ader explains that uh, he wants to live, but not at the price of cruelty. And White goes to press the button. Goku prevents them from press, uh, from pressing the button, and the device blows up. Uh, it's all very, like, Krillin destroying the the destruction button because of 18, only... Eight and Goku don't end up banging later. Uh, and it looks like Goku takes out uh, the general with his own butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Goku ties up all of the Red Ribbon Army. He makes a couple of big snowballs with Android 8. They make some, yes, some I love that. Uh, you know, Frosty the Snowmans. And uh, then Android 8's just like, all right, well, thanks, guys. It's nice to meet you, but I got to take care of these folks. Got to take them to jail. And Goku's like, oh, okay, well, I'm Goku. Great to meet you. And then they leave. And that's... It just wraps up really nicely. I felt like it was this part. It, I don't want to say it was weird, but this whole like arc in the movie was long for it to basically just introduce eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they Goku gives him his, uh, his Ader moniker. Um, and they have the, maybe the cutest snowball fight ever. Yeah. Um, that starts off kind of like accidentally and then escalates where the two are just like burying one another in snow. And, and like Oolong and, Bulma are appreciating the fact that Goku just is a kid. And oh, yeah. Even though Oolong's just like, yeah, one that can defeat a military base with a stick. Sure, he's just a kid, but yeah, I like that I love that line. I thought that was so great. That was one of the only ones I put in my notes because uh, it's it's just so, ugh, yeah. Like, what is, who are we traveling with? I'm sure Oolong is also probably mystified by what he's got gotten himself into. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the next uh, condensed arc, which uh, Oolong's driving gets interrupted by a sea turtle in the middle of the road. So now we're into the uh, encounter with turtle, which leads to encounter with Roshi, which leads to acquisition of another ball and also Bulma flashing Roshi unknowingly. Yeah. Which I mean, is pretty much like 
the entirety of that arc. And I feel like everyone's already seen that. <laughs> like, yeah. the biggest thing that happens here that I really got a kick out of was the sea turtle, who is really a tortoise, just goes on and on about how he's actually a tortoise and everybody gets it wrong, including Master Roshi. But that's that's only in the English, though. Yeah. Like, I watched it in the JP. It's English only, where the, the very clearly and evidently sea turtle who later on goes to the sea and swims, and swims. very much unlike a tortoise. <laughs> yeah. But he was adamantly saying that uh, that he was a tortoise. And I was like, "What? The, the, when did they make this change? And in the Japanese, the subtitles, it is non-existent. Not, no, no. Uh, but it is kind of interesting in the fact that like, in this movie, they made this decision that instead of having the kids go to Master Roshi's island, they stay on the beach the entire time. So Tortoise goes off to get Roshi to give them the reward for returning him to the beach. Roshi shows up, we get the scene where, you know, it's pretty typical, you, you get introduced to Flying Nimbus, and Bulma sees the Dragon Ball that she wants, she does her flashing thing, which obviously there was a scene earlier, and if you've seen anything Dragon Ball, I'm sure you've seen this, where Goku goes to, like, lay on her lap or whatever, and, and takes her underwear off, because he doesn't understand why there's not balls there, and... So yeah, she is. It did make for a pretty funny scene where he's freaking out because he's like, "Your balls are gone," and she interprets that as it's somebody dragon had balls. stolen the dragon yeah. balls. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, but but you know, it was uh, it was it's, it's just that very typical scene that's been done a thousand times now for Dragon Ball at this point, and it all takes place on the beach. She goes off and she realizes what's happened and she loses her mind. And it was so funny because when she comes back out, she does say something along the lines of like, "Delete those memories. <laughs> like you're not yeah. allowed to keep those." Um, so yeah, so th- this all happens, and then as they're there, like on the beach, and you know Goku's flying around with Nimbus and everything, Goku hops off, and we we're standing there, and there's just this like full on army attack, and it is literally like the entire navy shows up, and Bulma or not Bulma, uh, Yamcha and Poir are off to the side watching this happen, and I think it's Yamcha that just says something like, "Wow, these guys are always in danger." <laughs> Yeah, they're interrupted by the Armada led by General Blue, who is reduced to this scene, very a brief appearance in this scene, and then uh, a very brief appearance before he's executed in like a scene or two from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, of course, uh, begin assaulting the beach with all kind of armament, and uh, Goku looks over at Roshi, who he had learned earlier trained his grandpa, Gohan. And he's like, if you train my grandpa, can't you stop these guys? And Bulma is... Uh, unbelieving. She's like, he's just an old man. He can't beat a fleet of battleships, but of course Roshi can. But it's ridiculous that she thinks that after she just watched a kid take out an entire army too. Like at this that point, is, isn't anything yeah. possible? Yeah, just throw Bulma. <laughs> Bulma's, uh, Bulma's problem solving in this movie basically amounts to throw Goku at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's her problem, uh, solving capabilities. But we do get buff Roshi, goes out there. Uh, t- he takes his shirt off. We see the marks um, that we talked about with the kind of therapeutic tape and whatever. Um, and, and he buffs up and he says, brace yourselves for the Kamehameha wave. And um, this is something that Yamcha has heard of before. Yeah. He says it's the most fierce, fearsome attack in the martial arts world and supposedly turns your inward power into some kind of outward explosion. Uh, and he directly hits Blue's ship, but otherwise it kind of parts the sea, which immerses all the other ships calamitously. So they're, they're, all, they're all wiped out in, in this single blow. Um, so Roshi, Roshi did the thing that Bulma said that 
she didn't think he could. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because like some of the submarines come back up and they start to fire at, at the group again. And Goku is off to the side practicing the Kamehameha wave. And he decides he's going to give it a shot. And he just decimates everything. And he creates this huge mess in the ocean. And everyone is just like mouth drop, you know, jaws hit the ground staring at him. And Roshi says like, what the hell? That took me 50 years to develop that technique. And he learned it in a few seconds. Yeah, and what a large leap in his Power? first yeah deployment of yeah. the Kamehameha. Because in the other ones, he just blows up a small boulder on the on well, the like I think seashore. He destroys a boulder in one. He destroys Bulma's car in another. And then in this, because in the original anime, the first time we see this is when he's putting out the mountain that's on fire. I can't remember what it's called. I wanted Roshi's. to say Mount Sinai, but that's not right. No, that's not it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's Roshi's putting out the the fire that Ox King uh, has started on that mountain. Right. And Mount so fry pan. Yeah, that's right. I think that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so Goku like tests the technique on Bulma's car, but in this, he just. I I mean, it's bigger than Roshi's almost. And it's, I feel like they did this thing in this movie where naming Lee, right, I guess, because it's called Path to Power. They show him powering up a lot and they show him exuding a massive amounts of power compared to where original Dragon Ball, he was powerful, but not quite like this yet. And, and it really, the, the show off is more like, oh, look, he's got this tail and he turns into this monkey. Whereas in this movie, it's more like, no, he just gets angry and blows stuff up. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, after he decimates all of the ships, there's like one little errant bomb that bonks him on the head and knocks, knocks him, him out. out. Yeah, um, and then General Blue shows up uh, along with some other airborne Red Women uh, Army folks. Uh, they swarm on the folks on the beach, and now Bulma's ready to give up the balls. Um, Blue, <laughs> Blue comes walking up, takes command of the beach, and is nearly taken out by Yamcha, who is sneaking up uh, to at least try to take him out, but Bulma ruin, uh, ruins it two ways in, in about a fraction of a second, because number one, she speaks to Yamcha, um, which of course is going to incapacitate Yamcha, but number two, she speaks to Yamcha. She like ruins the the, the element of surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love too that Blue is most upset because they uh, have interrupted his relaxing work environment. <laughs> yeah. So Goku wakes up a couple seconds later. He's all alone. And yeah, he just got left there. Well, I mean, he's so they probably thought he was dead, to be fair. Maybe. But none of the protagonists say anything. Well, and, and you would think if I was blue, I would be making sure that I had I had in hand the person who had just destroyed my entire fleet. And he had one of them. Do we know that he knows it was Goku, though? Because he may have just thought it was Roshi again. Yeah, that could be true. Because it was a, a Roshi does succession. Smack. Yeah, Roshi smacks Blue's ship directly, and right. then Blue ends up on a submarine, which is the one that Goku pops. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible he doesn't know that Goku was there. And, I mean, it's I guess you could assume that Bulma might think that Goku is still alive, but she wouldn't want to give him up and get him captured at the moment. If I don't think she thinks that far ahead, though, so I'm not going to give her that much credit. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, he wakes up, and I did note that the entire, like, climate of the or like the tone of the movie has a huge shift because beforehand the beach was just a beach like it was kind of bright vibrant beachy now it feels like it's a bit of a nuclear wasteland like it was a darker toned and the wind is blowing sand everywhere in this very menacing way i just felt like there was a huge tonal shift here and uh, he actually ends up finding the dragon radar and realizes like okay here are all the dragon balls that must mean that's where everyone is let me go find them yeah, he doesn't follow concussion protocol here because he even verbalizes, why does my head hurt so much? I can't remember. Yeah. Like, bro, 
you, you need to be still yeah. and don't go to sleep for a little while. Well, hey, the first <laughs> time he had a concussion, it changed his life. So that's true. And for the better, I guess we wouldn't have a series without it. We might not have an earth without oh, that. It would have been great concussion. if this movie was in an alternate universe and that rocket hit him and he went full on evil. <laughs> yeah. Undid the initial fall. <laughs> exactly. And he remembers his say in programming. Yeah. He's just like, oh, wait, yeah, I'm here to conquer this planet. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Red now has six of the seven balls because Goku, remember, insisted on holding on to the Gohan. Mm-hmm. The four um, star, yep. Yeah, so Black informed uh, Black is informed not to let Blue approach because Red is very sensitive about his um Heights. his size. Yeah. And he's he's all bragging. He's like, Yeah, I got all these balls. And Red is like, Well, yeah, you brought me five, but you left one and it was right next to you. And uh he gets executed for this. <laughs> well, I so okay, I don't think this is what he gets executed for because he so Red told Black, Don't let him come stand near me because I don't like it when he towers over me. And when Blue shows up, he, like, makes it a point to walk up and hand him the Dragon Balls and, like, looks down at him. And that is when Red is just kind of like, oh, well, you only brought me five. The other one was over there, you moron. So for that, you're going to die. But I think secretly it was because, you know, (laughs) Blue was taller than him. and Yeah, he was covering for it. Yeah, I was going to say, in the Japanese, he explicitly is like, what do we do with failures? Like failing to bring me this last dragon ball in the japanese it says they they are executed and he gets hauled out and you hear the gunshots you don't hear that you don't in hear the them english. In the they english. tone some of that no. down and i definitely think in the english it's implied more so that it's because of the height difference than it is the dragon balls mm-hmm. but yeah he leans into that that becomes uh, a running plot point for poor commander red who ends up commander dead spoiler <laughs> yeah real soon <laughs> uh, but we transition back over to goku who is riding the nimbus when he is attacked and there's a pretty fun chase scene that ensues where Goku is ultimately just kind of like taking out a bunch of airships and uh, he does a lot of like really fun aerial maneuvers. I'll say this was really well animated. I noted, Uh, but he does end up getting attacked by a bunch of artillery. And then we switch over to Bulma who is starving her and Yamcha, Poir, Oolong, Roshi and Tortoise. I'm pretty sure they're all uh, turtle turtle. It's not a tortoise, Tortoise, whatever. We went over this (laughs) turtle. uh, they're, They're all basically in, they're kind of in prison, but it's also not like they're behind bars. They're just sort of in this like pit. It seems like room with a door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of funny. But the ultimately, Balma just wants uh, Oolong to morph into a key to get them out. And at first, Oolong is like, "All right, you dirty humans! I knew you were gonna fry me up and eat me." And she's like, "No, I just turn into a key, you idiot." Uh, so they're working on trying to get out. And uh, poor Oolong, he can't perform under pressure, so he's having yes. a hard time. My favorite thing about this scene wasn't so much that he had a, like a series of successive failures. Like he turned into a crab and then like a piece of paper and then a tomato and then like a, a nail and then like a scallion or a green onion or something before he becomes the key. But in each one of his failures, he has this like smug, pleased, successful smile on his face like he did it. Yeah. And that that static face on all of those items made me giggle. Like it was really funny where he was like, ah, I did the thing. Like he was just very proud, like he had accomplished the task, even though he very, very much did not. What felt really weird though is like Poir doesn't have that same issue. So why didn't she just turn yeah. into the key? I had the same thought in my notes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have made more sense if she wasn't there. One of these two finished shape-shifting school, yeah. apparently, and it was not Oolong. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. There were there was consistently times when I felt like Poor could have just been the one doing the thing, and it would have been faster. But for the sake of the movie, they had to be stuck in that area, so. 
Yeah, and then we get treated to a very Star Wars like speeder bike forest yeah. scene. Um, I loved this scene. Um, Goku ends up uh, being chased by I think three speeder bike looking things. Um, Red Ribbon Army, of course. He tosses the power pull up, clotheslines two thirds of them. Uh, the third one he just kind of kicks the window out of. Uh, but then more descend on him. He hides in a cave, um, and he uses the Kamehameha, and it's super destructive. Like, they're on this island, or at least like on the tip of some something. sort of peninsula. Yeah. And chunks of it are just falling into the water, and ventilation systems are collapsing. And Red gets knocked out of his fountains. chair. Yeah. Um, nothing seems to be spared. And then we get Goku versus the army volume two. Yeah. Well, or like volume three, because he pretty much in this, he has literally fought off like an army at the the tower. Then he fought off a Navy. Now he's yeah. fought, he fought off an Air Force. He's back at the army. <laughs> yeah, he's back at the yeah, army. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. This he is fights the all branches of the Red Rim and military. Yeah, maybe, That's a good point. Maybe this is the Marines. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Goku is demanding to know where his friends are, and he takes on a large group of soldiers and a bunch of artillery. And like this thing this fight goes on for some time where he is just taking them out in one way or another and the commander decides to evacuate so uh commander red i think it's commander red yeah red and black decide that they're going to leave but they're not really evacuating it's kind of weird because they're just going across the island <laughs> so it's not a true evacuation uh but yamcha and team uh they all escape and they're kind of looking around and the base is like totally destroyed uh oolong thinks that the apocalypse has happened which i thought was really funny and uh, Bulma points out that both Commander Red and General Black are in this like hovercraft area that they are uh, they're escaping to. I guess she's able to see them. And so they, they do get in the hovercraft. And like I said, they they're starting to make their way out when Commander Red is just like, hey, I'm I'm going to wish to be seven foot five, I think is what he says. And black is just black like, does not Dude, like this. Yeah. Like, how could you do that? Are you, you're a traitor. Like you're going to destroy most of the red ribbon army just to gain a few inches. What are you talking about? We're supposed to rule the world. Like what kind of treasonous wish is this? And I, I love this bit because red just says, dude, I am the red ribbon army. <laughs> it's in my name pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not for long because he ends up getting shot. Yeah. Um, Black just shoots him uh, in the anime. It's like directly in the head. And this, we just kind of see him pull a trigger and some smoke coming out of the barrel and red falls over. And um, it seems to me like the way that this was portrayed in the movie, that black was just waiting for a really long time to do this. Yeah. And finally found like justifiable grounds to do or it. Or at least <laughs> an area where nobody would have questioned him. You know, it could have yeah. been anything else happening and it, he could have explained it away. Yeah. So he gets into the quote unquote escape pod, but it's not, an escape pod so much as it is a pilot pod. Yes. Um, and he flies it just straight across the island. And instead of leaving the island, it instead enters this other building that turns into a giant mech. Of course it does, because mechs. I think this is just called like the battle suit or something pretty generic battle vest or something like I, that. Yeah, I think in the anime it's called the battle vest. Because um, I remember reading something about that when I was looking up some show note stuff. Uh, but this is where Goku uh, does end up appearing and Black demands that Goku bow to his knees and hail the new king. And then he opens fires just like these bunch of lasers going everywhere. He's shooting rockets and lasers and uh, it's it's pretty crazy, actually. And I think at this point, uh, Goku tries to get off like a key blast, but it doesn't affect the mech suit at all. And he's explaining Black explains that this is like some polarized armor that's super, super dense and there's no way he's ever going to get through it. 
And uh, so this fight continues on. Goku's attempting to use the power pole, but before he can really use it, Black just lights him up with a bunch of machine gun fire. Uh, and then there's a bunch of more laser beams. But this time, in the midst of all of this, like, lasers going off, Aider flies in and headbutts the mech. The mech's laser, like, fires into the ground and blows yeah. up this huge chunk. Uh, and blows up his own weapon system. Yeah. Uh, so this is where, like, Goku's been knocked out. Aider is begging him to wake back up. And um, the mech approaches, and Aider just flies at it. Full-on frontal assault. He's trying to hold back the mech. Black starts to crush the android, though. There's, like, springs and gears popping out of his arms. It's pretty brutal, honestly. It is. There, I, so I have in my notes a couple of lines that are worth sharing. One of them is uh, that the charged killing shot from the mech to Goku gets... Uh, I said charge killing shot from the mech interrupted by Deus Ex Aider, um, <laughs> who just comes in out of nowhere. And then, uh, so the mech, when it falls down and blows its own systems up, um, it's not out, but they don't know that. So all these characters rush into where Goku is. And I just have in my notes, premature celebration. There's no pill for that. Uh, but yeah, Aider goes on to the assault. And I love this line from Black because he refers to Aider as the flaw. Like word has traveled already. And that's what he calls him, the flaw. And I was like, dang, that's that just cuts, cuts deep, yeah, man. That's brutal. And uh, so Black is like, listen, if you want to wish for the, you know, the dismantling of the Red Ribbon Army, that's to wish for your own demise. Well, we can arrange that. And so he is trying to basically squish Ader between his two hands. And Ader's putting up a good fight. Um, but he shouts that, listen, I'm I'm not one of you. Uh, and it's like you described, I, I called it would be gore. Like, yeah, it's he's like got like gore. Yeah, like there's oil shooting out of him and things that look like ribs pop out and all this stuff. Um, and he has the flashback to Goku giving him the name Aider. And so he shouts his name is Aider right before he just gets destroyed and like bits of Aider rain down all around Goku. Uh, and it has an effect on him very much like Android 16's death did on Gohan. Oh, yeah, it absolutely does. Because like Goku starts to wake up and he's just surrounded by Aider. And so he gets really <laughs> upset and uh, he's asking him, like begging him not to go away. And then he has this moment where he's like, oh, OK, this is what grandpa had to do. Like you had to go away the same way. And that kind of triggers this just like release of power that has been building up. And so he's he's doing the DBZ thing where he literally just gets super emotional over a death. And screams. And and this animation is pretty crazy because he's like screaming and this huge pillar of light like goes up into the cloudy sky and and you can literally this happens for a minute. I timed it. <laughs> it is literally right at like fifty eight seconds from the moment he starts screaming to the end. And it's it's pretty pretty intense. Um and then like he he stops and he's ready to get back into the fight, but Black just laughs this off and he starts mocking Aider. And Goku just like is super pissed off, super, super pissed off. And so he does another Kamehameha and Black is super confident that nothing's going to happen because it didn't work last time, but it happens to just go right through the mech and blows him up into a million pieces. And uh, yeah, it goes through the self-inflicted wound from earlier, therefore generated weak spot. Yeah. So it's effective now. The Kamehameha is and Goku. I just have my notes. Goku understands death now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and I said, despite having likely caused much of it earlier, um, but in this case, he definitely meant to kill here. Oh, like for he sure. was pissed. Yeah, he was super mad. 
Um, and this is really kind of like the end of the movie. Like as Goku does that final blow, he sheds another tear. He starts screaming and we see the whole like cliffside just start to crack and dismantle. And it's, it does that very like Dragon Ball Z thing where there's so much power happening that like rock is floating into the air. Um, and Bulma and crew eventually, like, I guess there's like this time lapse where everything yeah, starts to calm down. Yeah. And yeah. Bulma and crew kind of exclaim that they found all of the dragon balls. They summon Shinron. And at this point, Yamcha's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to wish for. Cause I found my side lady. And you know, Bulma's like, well, I found the man of my Bulma, dreams. Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. Bulma would not appreciate being called the side, the side <laughs> chick. No, but you know what I mean? Like he was, he was looking <laughs> for a piece of meat. He found it. <laughs> You you could have worded that slightly less uh, chauvinistically. What? Is that the word I'm looking for? Hey, I'm just saying what Yamcha was going to say, right? Like, <laughs> this is not a, reflect in, a reflection of my values. I think I've explained my distaste in this movie's uh, handling of Bulma. <laughs> but Yamcha's looking to get married. Like, he talks about that later, earlier on in the movie. Like, he's not just looking for a piece of A, you know uh, what I mean? I guess. Uh, but I think I'm thinking more traditional Yamcha, who just wants to have a kiss or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> He gets one in this movie. Like, he ends up... Uh, well, in the Japanese version, he does. Like, there's a scene yeah, where yeah. he falls on top of her falls and they kiss. Bulma. But in the English version, they're talking as they're kissing. So it doesn't it doesn't really come across as, like, an accidental kiss. Yeah. Of all the things to dial back in this movie, a quick accidental peck yeah. uh, is the thing that the English yeah. language is like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Like, we'll, we'll sh- straight up full-on show Bulma ass, but uh, peck on the <laughs> yeah. lips? No way. <laughs> yeah. So they... Uh, yeah, we get a little bit of a skip in time. Uh, Sinron is summoned, uh, and to which Bulma's like, wow, it really works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then no one has a wish. Like, no one has anything to wish for because all of their wants, except for Poir and Oolong, like, I'm surprised neither of them wished for something. But either way, Goku ends up dragging Ader out. And it's just like, I've got something. Let's wish Ader yeah, back. Bring him, bring him back to life minus the bomb. Yeah. Uh, and so um, we get, uh, you know, a different first wish uh, here because normally it's the uh, panties by Oolong, the. Egyptian cotton panties. Um, Or uh, later on, it's Bora who gets brought back to life Mm -hmm. after retrieving the balls from the Red Army in the anime. um, Well, and I would guess he had died. Like the panties were there as a distraction so Pilaf didn't get his wish in. Because they weren't under stress, Ulong probably just couldn't think of anything. Right, right. So uh, yeah, Ader Ader presumably gets restored because basically it's like they make that wish and credits start rolling. And Goku we laughs. Don't, we don't yeah. see any fallout of that really. Yeah, nothing, nothing like that. Um, and that's it. That's it. That's Path to Power. We covered eighty minutes and approximately sixty. So save yourself some <laughs> we time. We saved you a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we do not do you that favor. No. So. But to be fair, we've covered this exact storyline five times now. So yes. And if you know anything about Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z you have seen this like it is the highlights of dragon ball for the most part i don't know that i would agree that it's my favorite highlights but like it hits the big story beats which is they find oolong they find yamcha and poir they meet master roshi and turtle and then they have a bunch of big fights and they summon the dragon like that is dragon ball to some extent you know what i mean so which of the previous four coverages of this particular story did you like better than path to power uh all of them what yeah okay okay uh, right path to power uh, two out of seven what yeah you are, this movie what outside of how well it's animated i thought it was garbage i don't wow. i did not like the changes like 
for me, Dragon Ball, it, like a big part of Dragon Ball is is uh, I think they call him Uzaru, like the monkey form of Goku, uh-huh. and in going down this like path of him not being aware of how powerful he is and having this immense amount of power like he shows at the end of this movie. It's this almost like accidental, mystical, magical power that he has behind his ape form that he doesn't even know about. And I I don't know. I don't like that change alone. That knocked off like three points for me. I don't like that this was... It was like they took Dragon Ball's story and tried to make it more like Dragon Ball Z. And I didn't like that because it there is a drastic difference between those two shows or those two series. Like DBZ is is basically wrestling. It's it's basically WWE, right? I felt like they tried to borrow elements from that and they just didn't implement it well. I didn't I didn't like the 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 huge fight scenes. Like they were well done. It's not that they weren't well done as much as I just felt like the OG Goku is is supposed to transform into a monkey. I don't know. I know that sounds dumb, but like that's what I like. That's what I wanted. And I didn't get any of that. There's no peel off. Like the Red Ribbon Army stuff is cool and I liked it in the anime, but I didn't like the way it translated into this movie. It was too fast. Like none of the Red Ribbon Army characters get any breathing time. So like all of the generals who are kind of cool got nothing. They're very flat. Like red comes off as just super flat. And I don't know. I just, for this movie just fell flat for me. And then like past all of that, there was like over gratuitously of, of Bulma that I didn't care for. So like at every turn, I was just like, ah, this just isn't my dragon ball. I, so I understand that. I think that you dislike it for its excisions from, you know, and again, you're comparing it to 60 episodes <laughs> yes, of the anime. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, what it does well with, it does really well. I just don't like what it does. <laughs> yeah. I am giving this a 5.5. 5. Dang, yeah. I figured of, we would be big big differences on this one. Yeah. Of the animated tellings of this story, this is the best paced, which is to say it, it moves at a pretty good It does pretty move at a good clip. pace. Like, the arcs um, make sense. Yeah. This is made 10 years after Dragon Ball had released. So I feel like they were at liberty to assume some things, to streamline some things. Um, so yeah, or even to leave some things out. I, I think that I was giving them grace there that, uh, maybe you weren't like, I think that this one assumes a lot more than the previous treatments. Oh, of it totally this, does. This storyline does. It absolutely does. Um, but yeah, really well animated. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I would rather sit down to watch this than Curse of the Blood Rupees. Um, I'm pretty close between this and Mystical Adventure. Mystical Adventure leans into the, like, gaggy stuff with the Raleigh a little bit um, heavier than this does. Um, but again, that's true Dragon Ball flavor, and I understand that. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked it. I was I was surprised. I don't think I'd ever seen this movie prior to uh, sitting down to watch it. Um, and I think I could circle back around and watch this again. Um, it, it didn't feel like my rewatches were a chore for this one. Like they, like it had been for some of the other treatments of the similar storyline. I will say at the end of the day, I'm happy to be done with the Dragon Ball movies. Like I, I think sleeping princess and devil's castle was a really nice change up because it didn't follow anything Dragon Ball. It was like a unique yeah. story. I really liked that one. Um, in retrospect, I don't remember because rating you only it. Gave it a two. Did I? So like, okay. in, well, <laughs> yeah. In retrospect, I liked it more than this one. Uh, so maybe I should give this one a one point five. Uh, Jeez, I just yeah, this yeah, movie that... did not land for me. Like, I will consistently defend how amazing uh, it is animated. It is done super well. Like I said earlier, to a fault at times, 
uh, and the story beats, you're right. Like they pace really well. This movie's paced super well, but I just felt like there was so much more to the red ribbon army, like story arc from the anime that they missed out on. Like they didn't make them super menacing. They're just this army that wants the dragon balls. Whereas in the show, you really got the sense that like, this was a tyrant group of like terrorists almost that were like out for world domination. You know what I mean? And yeah, the most you get for that in particular, says in like this a movie, one-liner, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's one line from Balmum. She was like, Oh, I heard about you guys. You're that terrorist group yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get, I I understand all that, but again, I I'm thinking, uh, ten years in, there's some assumptions there's, made. Yeah, yeah, they they're assuming some things in For this sure. movie that they didn't with some of the like, earlier ones. If you've never seen anything Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, this is an excellent entrance to give you an idea of whether or not you would like it. However, mm. having a lot of experience with the two, I didn't care for this one. Yeah. So I see I did. Um and I, I I think this is our greatest score disparity yet. It might be. Um and what'll be interesting, oh I don't know, Broly one we were pretty Yeah, I don't like the Broly well. movies either. Um, but you're a huge yeah, Broly you, fan, so I loved the first God, Broly yeah, movie. I think the Broly movies um, are kinda of boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I re listened to that episode recently and one of the things that I I was I, I heard myself say that I was like, dang, that was really good was that when I was a kid, I liked Broly for a different reason. But when I was an adult, there were some thematic things that I picked up on that I was like, this elevates this movie like tenfold. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, you saying that there was a lot of like uh, narrative like themes. body horror. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this will be interesting too. Like um, you say now that um, you appreciate Sleeping Princess in a new light, despite the score suggesting otherwise, but that'll make the... You know, when we catch up on all these movies, you know, we get through superhero, at least that's the latest one that's out as we're recording now. Then we have like a recap episode where we revisit and maybe even rescore or even kind of individually reorder the movies in uh, like top in our own. Yeah. Like we say, okay, according to the scores day of as we recorded, I gave these movies these scores. But if I were to, in hindsight, kind of order them by likability or whatever, that the list might look different okay. than the numbers indicated. I will say this, to give myself a little bit of credence, I'm looking at my notes for Sleeping Princess and Devil's Castle, right? Mm-hmm. They were taken on September 13th, 2021, over two years ago. So, yeah. yeah. Do I remember that movie being a little bit better than it was when I watched it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just wish I could have cared more for this one. I just didn't. Yeah, well... I hate to tell you, Adam, but I don't think you're going to care for the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to care for the next two. Uh, like, yeah, that's true. Heroes like so, Dragon Ball GT, a hero's legacy. I am going into this one totally blind. In fact, it may be the only one I'm going into completely blind. I think I had seen or at least seen parts of almost all of the other ones, except for the live actions. So I know nothing about this next movie. I don't have a clue where in GT it takes place or any of that. I saw Evolution, Dragon Ball Evolution in theaters. And I remember that letdown was heavy. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went into Heroes Legacy having not ever seen it. And I came out of it wishing I had (laughs) still not ever seen it. it. We do have um, something coming up, too, that I've never seen. Uh, Dream 9 Toriko and One Piece and Dragon Ball Z super collaborative special. I've never seen this. Yeah, we'll have to hunt. I think that's an OVA. Um, but uh, before we jump too far into the future here, Sorry, let's yeah. talk about Holler Minutes. Get excited. Yeah. 
Um, this one, I came up with 1.6 total holler minutes, which actually puts it pretty high up. Um, I think there are only like maybe three movies that had more holler minutes in it, three or four, um, than Path to Power did. Um, I'm looking at the list now. Dead Zone is still at the top um, with the most. That's not shocking. Yeah. Yeah. World Strongest is up there. It's over 1.9. Lord Slugs, 1.9. Broly, 1 is 2.6. Uh, so that puts... That puts a uh, path to power in fourth place, fifth place. That's yeah. I'm not too sure. And that. well, you know, when I was watching it, um, I was like, man, there's like no hollering well, in until this until Goku gets yeah, yeah real mad at the end, and then it it's like almost sixty of those ninety seconds yeah. is done at one it, in one go. It literally <laughs> so. inspired me to take my own uh, holler minutes because I came up with a minute and eighteen seconds, and it was mm-hmm. just because on my third watch I was like, you know, I've seen this twice now, and I don't recall really any screaming until the end, and then that end scene feels like it's a long time. So I timed it when I rewatched it today, and it was. Like the moment he starts screaming, because you could argue there's a couple of seconds of him kind of cry screaming that I didn't count. Uh, it is 55 seconds. And then he has like another couple seconds where he's fighting and starts screaming again. And that was like 19 seconds. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of it takes place in the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Stephanie Nadalny gets her voice work in. Oh, I didn't even. Uh, yeah. Right there, there. I didn't record Balma yeah. at all. I just recorded. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, oh that's, that, Goku's. that's Goku. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's Goku's yeah, voice yeah, actor. Never mind. <laughs> voice actress. Voice actress. Right. Sorry. right. Well, so we're, we're well, we've already told you what we're covering in two weeks time. That is a Dragon Ball GT, um, a hero's legacy. Um, this movie can be somewhat difficult to find. You can find it um, on Amazon as a like a single movie, but they can be a little pricey. But if you have the Dragon Ball GT boxed set, um, the uh, like all of the episodes in the green box on DVD, uh, that movie is included in that set. Um, so luckily, I thought that I was going to have to buy it separately, and then I was, and then I saw that on the internet. And so, uh, if you've got that GT green boxed whole series set, the movie is in there. It's on, I think, the last disc, which probably makes some sense. Um, but otherwise, uh, you're on your own hunting that down. We don't want to tell you the illegal ways that you might be able to do so because we try to stay above bar on Kyo Cinema and the Almighty Pod. But uh, that's that's us uh, covering Path to Power and looking, f- I was going to say looking forward to the <laughs> We have a couple movies we're going to have to uh, uh, work through, I think. it'll uh, K- KC might actually be work for a little bit, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heroes Legacy is going to be tough. Um, because then we have Dragon the Super Ball Evolution, and all of those are fantastic. Like, Yes. So we we got a, you know, a two weeks, uh, a two episode longer slog. Uh, and then we start. When, when does the OVA fall? Do you have the timeline up right? In I front do of you? actually have the timeline up right in front of me. So the next movie is Heroes Legacy. Then we have Evolution. After that is Battle of Gods. And then in it was April 7th, 2013 is when this OVA came out. That was like it seems like okay. this huge collaboration crossover. Um, and then in uh, April 11th, 2015 is Resurrection F. So gotcha. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, you know, a couple couple of tough episodes followed by some stuff that we're really excited and have been talking in previous episodes of, of looking forward to. Yeah. So the Dragon Ball Super stuff. So we will we will change not franchise, but uh, we will change series again here in uh, two episodes Absolutely. when we uh, finally dip our toes into the Dragon Ball Super colon movies instead of Dragon Ball Z movies. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. 
But first, yeah. we'll make it through GT and uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> yep. In the meantime, you can follow us at Almighty Pod on Twitter. Visit the pinned tweet. Uh, and there's a link to Discord. Lots of people following us and joining us in there uh, last couple of weeks. And of course, uh, on opposite Mondays to when Kyo Cinema goes live, while we still have content for it, um, the Almighty Pod will be releasing episodes. Right now, Mark and I are working our way through uh, My Hero Academia Team Up Missions Volume 4. Um, there's an OVA that came out that's supposed to be hitting Crunchyroll in the not-too-distant oh, nice. future. So Adam and I will probably jump on that at some point. Yeah. While we um, patiently, question mark, wait for season seven to finally get a release date so we can look forward to that. But uh, stay tuned. And we we condensed, we kind of combined the two feeds so you can go to one place and not miss anything that we put out, whether it be Dragon Ball related or My Hero related. Uh, and that's the almighty pie. Absolutely. We'll see you uh, in a week. See you guys. Bye.